Welcome to Beyond Borders, the world's first talk show made especially for English learners and global citizens. With me, your host, Ethan. In every episode of this show, it is my job to guide you outside of the classroom and into the real world with life-changing insights from some of the world's best teachers, language learners, innovators, and leaders, all here to help you unleash your highest potential in your English and your life. So if you are ready to join our movement of millions and together create a world beyond borders, then let's get started with the show. Anna Homa at Hannah Homa on Instagram is an English learner and teacher, accent coach, and vlogger from Chernivtsi, Ukraine. I hope I pronounced that okay. On her YouTube channel, English Fluency Journey, she shares her own journey to get to a native level of English and her continued journey learning English. Anna started studying English seriously shortly after her son was born, about four years ago. At that point, she had never spoken English. Through hard work, passion, and dedication, she has been able to achieve the incredible results that you will hear shortly. But as she says, English fluency is not a destination. It is a journey. And so she sees it as something that she will be learning her entire life. Get your pen and paper or note-taking app and get ready to learn a lot. Speaking with Anna was an absolute joy. She really is a model English learner and you will be able to apply so much from her English learning journey to your own. We discussed what she was working on before starting her YouTube business and how learning and teaching English has become a business for her that she never expected. She told me why she has no regrets about missing out on the chance to study abroad in the USA during high school. We talked about failures that she's had learning English and what she's learned from them. In general, we talked a lot about how important your mindset is when learning and we'll give you some tips on how to have a mindset that will help you achieve your goals. We also discussed native accents and whether or not it is important that you have one. Finally, we talked about how she is raising her son to be bilingual in English. So if you have children and you want to help them learn English, this information will be extremely valuable for you. And if you stick around until the end, we played a funny game. You'll discover some secrets about both Anna and me. I hope you have as much fun listening as I had talking to Anna. So now let's jump into episode four of Beyond Borders. So Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored, honestly. It's absolutely a pleasure. I'm so glad that we could finally do this. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so to start out, I wanted to know what is something that you find that you're usually really curious about that most people are not curious about or they don't get curious about? Just to give you an example, on the first episode of the show, we had Vanessa from Speak English with Vanessa, and I found hers really interesting. She said that she tends to think about how people would have lived life in the Middle Ages. So like anything, she might think like, you know, how would someone have like made a tea in the Middle Ages or what would they have done if their child was sick or something because they couldn't look on the internet and things like this. So do you have anything like that? Okay. If we're talking about these things not related to English, <laughs> then <laughs> I'm very curious about space and universe. So... <laughs> I'm very curious about all those things like do aliens exist and is there life on other planets, you know, about these things. So I know it may sound weird, but 
It is what it is. I really enjoy watching like movies about this. So yeah, that's my passion. One of the passions. Science fiction. Right. I think it goes hand in hand. I mean, if you love learning languages and you love traveling, it's kind of like the next frontier sort of is, could I go out even to like another planet or to another galaxy? And what might the living things be like in that that other place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really curious about this. This is something that we share, me and my husband. So uh, this is something that we have in common. <laughs> we talk about this a lot. So it's, it's like interesting. It's a mystery. So, you know... <laughs> That's what excites me. That's a mystery. Yeah. That's one of the things I have always loved about astronomy as well is that uh, compared to a lot of other sciences, there's just so many unanswered questions and so many things that we just can't even begin to imagine. But it just seems so probable, you know, in in the entire universe when you start to just see how huge it is that there's probably some other life out there, right? And and just to start thinking about the possibilities there. Yeah, right. When you like live in your own little world and then you think about this huge universe and it gives you like this, I don't know, it, it feeds your imagination, I would say. And I don't know, it gives me some kind of a freedom to dream about things. I don't know. <laughs> may sound weird, but... <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. That's the whole point of that question. So right. <laughs> we can shift into something maybe more familiar. So something that I was really curious about is that you've been learning English and you've actually kind of been able to start to turn this into a business. So did you ever imagine that learning English could lead to starting your own business? Yeah, I've never thought that it'll turn out into a business of some kind, online business, but um, it sort of happened. Uh, we were thinking about starting a channel with my husband for for some time, just like talking about this, what would it be like? But then I got this not idea. I got this like huge and very strong desire to learn English and to be able to use it and do something with English. Like I really, I really wanted like to be able to use this language. That's how I felt. And then I just suggested to my husband, we can start a channel because a lot of people are curious when they hear me speak English about what I do and how I do things. So that would be nice just to kind of record a video to explain those things and not to explain to every single person separately <laughs> everything that I do. <laughs> that totally makes sense. You're like, just go yeah. watch this video. That's You've got all the answers there. Right, right. And as it turns out, um, and turned out that uh, we got kind of sucked in this. Mm-hmm. So I started enjoying just creating and my husband started enjoying recording and making videos and editing and all that. So it just sort of happened and spiraled. That's very lucky that you guys had like those sort of synergistic uh, interests that you could really make a business out of it together. Yeah, right. Well, we were and are very supportive of each other. So of Mm -hmm. course, if he didn't support me and this idea of learning English and and, then teaching our son English and this channel, like channel in English, of course, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do this on my own. That that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I, I totally know. Yeah. So what were you doing before you started kind of your YouTube channel and, and this business? Oh, there was a lot, a lot of things. <laughs> like I had a lot of jobs. I sell stuff. I was a consultant. I, um, we had a little business here, uh, that kind of, we didn't really like it. It was really hard uh, physically and, and for me. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff. I basically, it was all in, um, in the retail business, some, mm-hmm. something like that. 
So yeah. That uh, makes a lot of sense, but you've always kind of seen yourself as entrepreneurial. Yeah, that was really important for me because I've worked for a lot of different people, bosses, and I've never enjoyed it. It was hard for me when people told me what to do, how to do, how to stand, when to eat, what to say. It was like, well, not for me. I really wanted this freedom. So it was important. It makes a lot of sense. I had the exact same sort of feeling when I was younger. I always knew that I needed to do something where I could be my own boss and I could set my own hours and I could kind of like have the freedom to have that design the life that I wanted to live and stuff and, and not just be something, a job as kind of like something that I do to be able to like live outside of that time, but actually like something that is my life, you know, and is a calling and stuff. So it seems like that's one of the things I really love with your channel is you've been able to tie one of your greatest passions, learning English into something that really helps you to design that life that you want to live, right? Yeah, right. That's not easy though, because, <laughs> you know, life happens, like we have a kid and uh, it's, it's, it's difficult like to be able to, um, it's difficult for me to be able to work with him around. I'll just say this <laughs> because as a child, he's like loud and he's always there. So yeah, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. can imagine. So one of the things I was also curious about from our research, I believe you kind of come from a smaller town in the Ukraine, right? And I would imagine that in your town, like YouTube teacher is not such a common profession that you'll tend to meet people who do that, right? So <laughs> Not at all. I was curious, how did your friends and your family react to you deciding to leave, you know, like the jobs that you were working on before and to pursue an online business? So my mom... Uh, we actually live with my mom, me, my husband, and our son, and, oh, that's wonderful. and my mom. Yeah, so she supported us totally. Like she said, if you want it, if you feel like this is something that you enjoy and you feel like it'll be worth it, worth to pursue something like this, because she, of course, she had no idea what YouTube is or was. <laughs> Um, so she supported us. Um, some of my friends were very excited, like really, I could tell, like genuinely happy for us. But most of the people, like when you say that you're a YouTuber, they, they think that you're a slacker, basically. Like <laughs> you do nothing. Like, what is this YouTube? This is so easy. Like, and you're making money. This is ridiculous. Like go get a job. So that that's, some people would tell this to your face, but kind of jokingly, wow. but you kind of know what they mean. Uh, a lot of people talk behind our backs. Uh, a lot of, we get looks, uh, people don't understand like what we mean by being a YouTuber. Like, what is this? Like how, how this works? They don't even understand this. And then when you say that your channel is in English and then you have a second channel that is also in English or you're, because we have a vlog channel and they're like, just, just, we blow their minds. Yeah. But you know, we've been called or, um, all sorts of stuff. Uh, we've been mocked, but that's okay. Like, that's okay. People don't have to like us, don't have to understand us, um, don't have to support us. We do what we feel is best for us and we support each other. And this is what matters. Like this, this business, this channel gave us such great opportunities and connections and just, you know, like just being able to talk to you and then uh, meet up with Hadar and then all those people that I met through YouTube, like that's been just incredible. And of course it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work 
perseverance and dedication. Um, but, you know, you get something out of it. Yeah. For those people who say that you're a slacker, this is so easy. It's like, if it were that easy, everyone would have a YouTube channel, right? Which there are a right. lot of people and a lot of people don't make it. A lot of people give up very early because they just can't cut it. They can't keep up with producing videos every week. I mean, it's it's so right. much work, just the, the creative aspect, you know, of what am I going to produce next and all of the work that has to go into planning and then producing, editing, all of this. So yeah. really- Really, it's not not an easy task. Yeah, I remember our first year was very difficult. We just kind of were, we were very excited about this and we were very passionate about making videos, but the channel, of course, uh, we weren't making money basically like at all. So we had to support ourselves other ways and we had a child, little baby. So it was, it was difficult, but we were very like driven and passionate about this. So I think that helped a lot and I'm so happy. We are so happy that we didn't give up. Because, of course, right now, everything is just snowballing little by little. The channel Mm -hmm. is growing and it's incredible. It's just incredible for me. Like, I am uh, always like reading those positive comments (laughs) (laughs) and I'm so happy and amazed that I could help so many people with um, with their learning journey. And I'm just like, I'm one little person. Like, and I, I could do that. I am so, I'm so honored. And yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah I, I feel happy. That's really wonderful. And I mean, you've obviously put so much hard work into it. So I definitely would just say kudos, you know, for all of your Thank hard you. work and for sticking in there through the hard times. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and going back to one of the things you were saying is, is there's a lot of people around you who don't necessarily support your dream or they, they don't understand it. They're almost judgmental. Maybe some of them, it sounds like just from the the point of view that because you're being successful and because of their own insecurities and stuff, I think people a lot of times from their own insecurities will judge you and tell you what you're doing is wrong because they, they want you to fail or they want you to give up or whatever is the case. And I think this is the case for a lot of English learners, even if they're not making a business out of it, just like learning English, it can be very difficult if no one around you supports that if no one in your family speaks English or anything like that, if you don't have necessarily like any friends that you can practice with or who are also learning and stuff. So do you have any advice for learners like that? If if you don't have that support network around you, what they can do to not give up, to not lose that passion? Okay. That's a very good question. So it's a, it's kind of a very difficult situation, what right. you describe, like when a person doesn't have any support and maybe even resources and opportunities. Um, I guess these days we have the internet, we have YouTube. So uh, it's it's a great way to self-educate. So when I just started, I, of course, was um, very afraid to speak English. I was shy. I had the speaking barrier. So I I didn't even want to make any friends online or whatever to speak with them in English because I was really like self-conscious about my English. Although I shouldn't have, but I, you know, was. (laughs) Normal. Yeah. So I would just sit at home, just make time in my little teeny tiny apartment, maybe at night or maybe very early in the morning so that nobody can hear me. And I would just watch a video or listen to a podcast and I would just shadow, repeat and shadow. So my first and and always go-to things are, and this is something that I always uh, recommend to people do, is to listen, listen as much as possible, like 
try to immerse yourself in the language, podcasts, audiobooks, uh, YouTube videos, movies, like whatever, for as much as you can. And then shadow, shadowing, or just repeating what you hear. This will help you so much with your speaking skills, with confidence, with vocabulary even, and like with a sentence structure, because when you were copying a native speaker, so of course you're, you're copying uh, what they say and they already know how to use English and what to say and how to say it. So yeah, this is, this is basically how children learn. So they hear and they repeat. So that's, uh, to me, I don't know, maybe it doesn't sound that easy, but to me it is easy because in this day and age, we have the internet, just use it. If you have, if you have the money, if you have the opportunity, you can, you can hire a teacher because there's a lot of online teachers, a lot of online tutors that are ready to help you. They don't have to be native speakers. They don't have to be super expensive or famous. Just Mm -hmm. they have to help you to improve, develop, and do something with your English. Level it up. I mean, that that too would be someone who would give you that support, right? I mean, even if you're having to pay that person to play that role, um, like you said, even if it's like a tutor or something. Right. And something else I've noticed a lot too is... Uh, at least I believe from our our research is that you have used community a lot, right? You you were a part of different communities. Now you have your own community on Facebook. Uh, and do you find that this was kind of helpful in giving you that support that you needed to start speaking to kind of overcome that barrier? Mm, yeah, I got a lot of support. That was Hadar's community. I became a member and uh, I was terrified to post my first video, but uh, that was kind of, kind of the deal. You had to, you had to make a video and post it. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's good or not good. If you made a mistake or, or didn't make a mistake, you didn't have to be perfect. You just had to speak. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that, because for a lot of people, it sounds terrifying as well. And just to take a camera and record yourself speaking and then listen to yourself and then posting this somewhere is just, whoa, it's a nightmare. Like (laughs) they think that people will judge them and uh, will mock them and laugh at them. Um, But that wasn't the case in Hadar's community. She does a great job at managing all of this, you know, like there are Almost, I would say, because there always is someone who's judging and criticizing, but they right. there are very supportive people in, in that community. And you can learn a lot just by talking to a camera, by posting a video, and then getting a feedback. I absolutely love that because it's, it's a solution where I think it's a good sort of laddering or scaffolding to be able to get up to that point where you would start to have more conversations with people is if you can start recording yourself, it's kind of like, okay, it's just you and the camera. You don't need to worry about that, the camera judging you or anything. You can take your time, you can stop, you can do it again as many times as you need to and stuff. And it almost is like a bridge from that point of, you know, you're not really speaking yet. You need to start speaking. You need to get that practice and stuff too. If you do that, and especially I think if you're putting it out there and stuff and you're having people watch, then it's going to be much easier when you do get that opportunity to actually have a conversation with someone, you'll sort of had that practice already in. So you'll be more prepared for that moment, right? Yeah, right. And recording yourself, just talking to a camera and recording yourself is super helpful. Like you can analyze yourself. You don't have to post it. Nobody has to see it. This is for you. You're doing this for yourself. So just record yourself and then listen to yourself and 
be like, okay, I made a couple of mistakes. Maybe you you can notice something about your pronunciation. You you can it just gives you the chance to understand what you need to work on. Right. Because a lot of the times people just don't know, like, do I need to improve my grammar or maybe vocabulary or maybe my pronunciation or maybe everything at once or <laughs> like we don't even know how we sound until we hear ourselves. So right. that's important. And I think people tend to underestimate how much they already know. So how many of your right. own mistakes you're going to be able to catch if you are recording yourself. If you're timid too, maybe you like just start with audio recording. You don't even have to start with the camera. You can work your way up to that. But starting just with recording your voice and listening back, and this is super awkward. I'm sure you probably had this experience at the very beginning, like hearing yeah. your voice, right? Did you find that that awkwardness just went away because you pushed through it? Or did you have anything that helps you just to accept that more? I just pushed through it. It was super awkward. Oh <laughs> my gosh, it was so weird seeing myself on a video, like listening to myself. I was like, whoa, is this how I sound? Like, this is terrible. I don't like it at all. Like, it, this is how I look. Oh my gosh. Like, that was super weird for me. Um, but then I just pushed through and... Um, I don't know. I just I just knew that if I do the work, if I overcome something, it becomes easier and easier and easier. And it does. Right. So that's the truth. Just just simple truth. You just have to you just have to keep going, push through, do the work, and then it becomes easier. And it's with everything. Yeah. If you recognize beforehand, like my voice is going to sound weird. It's not going to sound like I imagine it sounds in my own head and stuff. That's okay. And just kind of like priming yourself for that, right? Right, right. You just have to like, I don't know, embrace yourself. Like be okay embrace with yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. That, that is... uh 100% true. So people are listening and maybe some of them don't know you, but they're they're hearing your voice. They're hearing that you have a really fantastic accent when you speak. And I think there's probably a lot of assumptions that people will have, like that you probably were privileged. You probably got to live in the United States or something like that. And people, I think, are usually shocked to hear that you've never been to an English-speaking country. I'm not sure if this has changed now, but no, uh, <laughs> no you've never been to an English-speaking country. So no. I did hear that when you were younger, you got selected to study abroad in the USA, but that you couldn't go, unfortunately, just because you couldn't afford it at the time. How do you think that your English learning journey might have been different if you had been able to go? Well, I think that my life would be different right now if mm -hmm. I if I went there, but um, no regrets, actually. I did regret it about that like for a very long time I was like damn I lost this opportunity and I could have I don't know everything could have been different but you know what I have right now and everything that I've been through was totally worth it yeah um people have a lot of assumptions about me and sometimes this is just comical to hear um first of all I want to say that I don't think that my accent is perfect and that my speaking skills are perfect and that I am so good in English at English um I make mistakes I mispronounce words like all the time I'm human <laughs> and I'm still learning like every single day I I'm learning something new I practice my speaking still till this day and my pronunciation so um people assume that uh, I I I hear this and read this a lot like she's a liar she <laughs> she she definitely lived in the US or still there and she's just very good at keeping it a, sec a secret um 
Sometimes, you know, like people will say, oh, no, no, I definitely can hear her accent. Like she's from Russia, although I'm not, I'm from Ukraine, but she's from (laughs) Russia. Like I can hear her accent and, you know, like people, people are different. People have different opinions and I don't mind. So this is your opinion, your assumptions. I like, you've done your research. You, that's great. You know, a lot of stuff about me already. Um, it's never been a secret that I've never been to any English-speaking country and that I worked basically by myself to get to this level. Of course, I, I got some help, uh, but uh, yeah, I've never had any like friends, like American friends to mm-hmm. be able to talk to on a regular basis. No, that that wasn't the case at all. And uh, you can believe me or not. You can like me you might not like me, that's okay. You are entitled to your opinion. And I, this is my personal approach to this whole social media presence right now, because of course I've been struggling with this a little bit. When I just started, I just was like in shock. Like, why would someone who doesn't even know me say something like this about me? Like, this doesn't make sense. You don't know anything about me, but that's okay. Like, I don't let... Uh, other people's opinions control me, stop me, and control my life. So mm-hmm. this is you, this is your opinion, um, and this is not of my business. So right. I think that that's something really important for anyone who's listening or, or watching is that there's going to be a lot of people who criticize you. And it's like, again, a lot of times that comes from people's own insecurities because you're doing something that they are not capable of or that they don't have the courage to go out and do. You know, I'll tell this um, to everyone who's listening. Uh, People who criticize usually don't do anything. They don't know anything about your work, about your experience, about what you've been through. They are just talking. That's their job to just speak like around you. (laughs) So just don't mind that. If this is someone who you look up to and whose advice you would love to get, then of course, you 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 better listen to that person but if this is something but if this is someone who you don't even know who doesn't know you you know it's just pointless it's just pointless to waste your time uh on those people's opinion because because you're just going to waste your time so you better do what you feel is best for you for your family and if you enjoy learning english and if you enjoy working on your pronunciation and speaking with an american or british or whatever accent just go for it. Just do it. You do you. Yeah. I've heard it a lot of times, like even from my students, which I'm used to it. But when I hear something like that um, about other people, you know, I feel sad for them. So I had a student and uh, she told me that she really, she really wanted to work on her accent, particular mm-hmm. American accent. Um, and she told me that her friends, dear friends that she spends a lot of time with, told her like, whoa, you're learning an accent? Like, what is this? Who are you trying to fool? Like, this is pointless. You're just wasting your time and money. And I was like, whoa. And it was like, um, it was sad to me to hear this, you know, but Again, people are people. They are entitled to their opinion. So you just you have to you have to decide for yourself. Am I going to listen to that person or not? Yeah. And I really like what you were saying before as well as that 
you need to kind of be able to recognize the difference between criticism, so like people just trying to hurt you or put you down, and constructive feedback, which might be someone who's actually saying that thing that it's, it's not a positive thing. I mean, they're telling you that you need to improve a certain aspect, but they're doing that because they want to help you. And I think it's really important that you that you're, like you're saying, that you are able to kind of ignore the people that are just trying to hurt you and stuff. You're able to kind of like have a armor, like tough skin and stuff to, to that kind of speech, especially if, like you, if people are trying to put themselves out there, trying to create videos or, or audio or, or do something with their English that's really courageous. Uh, but at the same time, you need to be really open when someone that actually cares about you or a mentor or anything like that is giving you constructive feedback. You need to kind of like practice accepting that with like an open mind and stuff and being able to see the veracity in that if there is truth in that and then to apply it and stuff because that really is a really powerful tool to be able to grow is to be able to take constructive feedback and apply it. Yeah, that's totally true. I've got a lot of emails actually, not comments, mm -hmm. not messages, but emails from people, um, really cool people who took their time to send me an email, a huge email, like a native speaker who specializes on um, phonetics and, you know, this stuff, just maybe an, an English teacher. And they told me like, um, okay, you're, you're doing great, but I noticed this or that and that video, like you mm -hmm. said this, maybe you should work on this word or this sound, like all these things, like constructive criticism. And they actually helped me. So if you criticize, then offer something, help. And I was like, whoa, like, that's great. That's <laughs> it's amazing. great help. Yeah, because I, I actually can use it and I, and I can work on those things. And I actually get almost all the time, not criticized, well, sort of criticized uh, by my uh, American accent coach. So he watches my videos. He compares oh, them great. to my, yeah, to my uh, past videos, like from a year ago and uh, he gives me some advice some some professional advice and he uh, suggests some things that maybe I would love would love to improve on or work on so yeah I'm open to this but yeah when someone wants to hurt you just hurt your feelings you can definitely see this right away mm -hmm. so yeah and that is really important to have those mentors those teachers and stuff that that can give you the feedback and stuff I mean if you can afford it having a teacher is is like so helpful on your journey. Uh, but if you can't, maybe just finding another person who's learning, who's like a little bit better than you, that can still kind of help to point you in the right direction or that yeah. you can learn from their mistakes. Yeah. Even if you can take like one or two lessons, it'll mm -hmm. help because the person might direct you in the right direction totally. and point out some things that you might not even, you might have not even think, thought about, you know, it's, it's definitely helpful. I think a lot of people are listening that they still, they hear, you know, how, how great your accent is and everything. And they're probably thinking some sort of excuse that Anna can do it because of X, Y, and Z, because, you know, she has access to certain resources or she has a natural talent or ability to learn English or to pick up an accent and stuff, but I can't do that for whatever excuses. So I was just wondering maybe to exemplify for people that you are in fact human. Have you had any big failures or have you had any times where you've almost given up? Yeah, that, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I've had a lot of 
a lot of breakpoints, I'd say, on my journey and a lot of mistakes that I made. Well, I wouldn't say mistakes, just maybe I miscalculated some things and I could have done something differently. So um, so first first of all, um, nothing, nothing incredible. I don't have any special talent. I just had I don't know, an urge to earn this to learn this language and to master my accent and pronunciation. I really wanted this. I just wanted this. I still want this. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel so, you know, I am not very eloquent in my native language and I make mistakes and I stumble over my words and I mispronounce words even in my native Ukrainian language. So it's not something supernatural for me. And I do this in English and Mm -hmm. I have come to terms with this because I was really like, I was beating myself up over this. Like you, you need to speak perfectly in English. You need to master the skill. But that was my mistake. I was too too strict and too harsh on myself. And I was, you know, too hard, too hard on myself. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I had moments of disappointment and burning out. So, um, I remember that I literally was so afraid to skip even a day of my learning routine because I was so afraid that I was going to lose any progress that I gained or Mm -hmm. I was going to lose my skills. And that was so ridiculous. I didn't give myself time to even rest, you know? Um, So that was my mistake. Don't go too hard on yourself. If you feel like your brain is boiling up and you are at this breaking point, so just give yourself a break. You're not going to forget everything and you're not going to lose your skills. Everything's going to be okay. Mm I wasn't patient with myself. So as I said, I was like, I need to, I need to be able to speak now. So I'm going to just push myself. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to practice my speaking. Of course, Mm -hmm. it gave results, but it came with a price. So as I said, uh, I had a lot of times that I... I had experienced this burnout. I I just had these moments when I didn't feel like doing anything learning, practicing, nothing. It was just like, I felt like I don't want to do this. It's pointless. I didn't get to that level that I wanted to get. Like it's taking too long. But then instead of that, I chose to just to take a step back and to take a look at my achievements. And now I always check in with my progress. So I take a step back, I look at myself and I think like, man, a year ago I was here and right now I am over here. Mm -hmm. Like right now I am able to read this super complicated book without even checking every other word. I'm able to watch any movie and talk to anyone. And that's because I was working. I didn't stop and I didn't get discouraged. So of course I had all these moments that people experience. Uh, I think something too, maybe part of your character or something, uh, and it, it really shows from your own learning journey and stuff. And I mean, for example, like not being able to study in the USA, I think a lot of people would have said, you know, that's that's it for me. I give up. And you kind of took it as an opportunity in some sense. I mean, you you, you didn't let it scourge you for too long and, and you've been able to get to a level that you sound like you lived in the USA for a long time. So where do you think that this tenacity of yours comes from? Um, hmm. I think from a very strong desire 
because uh, to be honest, I really want to go to the U.S. or Canada. I really want to visit those countries. And I've, I really love this language and I really love the culture of the U.S. or, or cultures, a lot of cultures because they're Definitely. different, <laughs> yeah, different states, different cultures. Um, so I thought like, okay, I don't have the opportunity to go there now. Maybe I will in the future. Maybe I won't. Nobody knows, but I don't want to waste my time. So when I do have this opportunity, I'm going to be ready, at least in terms of the language. I'm going to be ready and it's going to be so much easier to be able to communicate with people. So I'm not going to feel um, like an outsider there or I'm not going to feel, um, you know, like not in my place when I'm there and that I have to do like so much work now, now that I'm there. So, you know, people um, overestimate this, um, that being in an English speaking country gives you so much in terms of English. No, it doesn't give you almost anything. Of course, you're going to be surrounded by people who speak English, but you're going to have to do the work. It's not like you come there and English is like automatically downloaded into your head. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So um, that I think that's the mistake that people make when they think that uh, going to an English-speaking country will will change a lot or will help them a lot. I don't know. Of course, if you if you go there and if you take a course and if you start to communicate with people around you in English with native speakers and you kind of blend in or maybe you go and you work and you work with uh, native speakers and you communicate, it will help. But usually what we see that people go there, they find someone who speaks their language and they stay Definitely. in their community. So they don't learn and they feel so comfortable there because there are a lot of different communities that they don't have this need to learn English anymore. Yeah. I've seen so many of my students, uh, so many learners that I've met that they've gotten the opportunity to go study abroad or live abroad or whatever, and they utterly fail. They come back with the level maybe a little bit better because it's like, of course, you have the opportunities to go to the store and to be in different environments where you're going to have to speak English. But exactly what you said, they end up hanging around with people who come from their home country or they speak the same language and they just don't make a lot of progress. So, uh I love what you're saying. You kind of like worked on your motivation and on your mindset first about right. like you were thinking about why am I learning English and everything and, and kind of imagining yourself. It sounds like even visualizing a little bit that you'd be able to go to the USA or Canada and kind of blend in naturally and be able to have conversations and to enjoy the culture and everything without the language being a barrier or impediment to that. So you worked on that mindset first and that helped to motivate you forward to yeah. learn the language, right? And I think... So many people, they don't do that. They don't really have that very strong purpose or that very strong why for uh, to direct them in their language learning and stuff. And so if you don't really have that first, then you're not going to be so willing to do the hard work. And you might be more likely to go for something easy, like making friends from your home country, right? Instead of putting yourself yeah. out there and making friends you know, who are, right. who are locals. Totally, totally. You have to work on your mindset first. It doesn't matter what you do either you're learning language or whatever, you have to work on your mindset. You have to be in the right mindset for this. I, you know, I would, I just want to say this to everyone that there will always be someone better than you, someone more successful than you, someone worse than you, but there will never ever be anyone exactly like you. 
You are you, you are amazing, and you're unique. So, you know, every one of us has something to bring to the table, to bring to this world. So just embrace yourself and um, don't be afraid to speak out. Our experiences and our paths are exceptional. So just don't be afraid and just, yeah, work on your mindset. And just nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. I'm telling you this and you better believe me. (laughs) Yeah, you're living proof for sure. (laughs) Hey there, Real Lifer. Just a quick break from this episode to share a big announcement with you about the recent launch of the brand new Real Life English app where Ollie, Andrea, and I, your real-life fluency coaches, will guide you beyond the classroom to live, learn, and literally speak English in the real world, which is to understand natives, speak with anyone, and connect to the world. So how do we accomplish that with our app? To start with, you can listen to the Real Life English podcast, even this very episode, with digital transcripts so that you can follow along and develop your listening fluency, plus check dozens of definitions of all the most difficult vocab, idioms, phrasal verbs, slang, and much more that you won't find anywhere else or in any other podcast. And how would you like to develop real-life speaking confidence at the touch of a button by speaking with other learners while making friends across cultures? Sounds like a dream, right? Well, now with the Real Life app, it will be a dream come true. Download the app to listen to our podcast with transcripts and definitions whenever and wherever you want and speak with people from all around the world. What are you waiting for? Join our global community today by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or going to www.reallifeglobal.com slash app or search for the Real Life English app in the Google Play or Apple App Store today and let us guide you beyond the classroom to live and learn and speak English in the real world. Aw, yeah. Has it always been your goal to have like an American accent? Did you know from a very early stage that that was something that was important for you or was it something that you developed along the way? No, it's actually, I don't know where it came from. I I knew and I loved the American accent or an American accent because there is a lot um, from, from very young age. For as long as I can remember. So I don't know actually how to answer this question because I've always loved an American accent and it's always been a passion of mine and I've always dreamed of having this ability to speak with this accent and I'm, you know, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it just speaking English and speaking with an American accent. A lot of people are very kind of surprised because here in Ukraine, um, in our education system, we mostly learn British English and, of course, British accent. Well, British accent. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we call it. But I've never, I can't say that I, uh, I've never liked it. I liked it, but I've never could imitate it. So, yeah, this has been something that I've loved for as long as I can remember. So yeah. It's almost like an innate attraction, right? To to that and everything. I'm sure that made it a lot easier for you too. And it sounds like it even sort of shaped your own learning process because you were saying at the beginning that you focused a lot on on 
mimicry, on shadowing, on repeating exercises and things like this, which obviously if you want to get a native accent, those kind of things are much more important. Whereas if that's not so important to someone, then maybe they want to put more focus on, I mean, pronunciation obviously is very important. You have to speak clearly, you have to be understood, but maybe they want to put more focus on vocabulary acquisition, for example, or something like that. Um, you don't have to work on your accent if you if you like your accent. That's totally okay. Like, this is your desire. That was mine. So That was my next question, yeah. <laughs> so you, you're not like pushy on that learners should try to sound American or British or whatever is the case. No, of course not. Of course not. We are different people. We are unique. We have our own identities, our own desires and a vision, you know, so it doesn't have to be like my way. So I'm just suggesting and I'm just sharing my experience and I can recommend something, but I'm not going to push you and I'm not going to, you know, make you acquire an American accent. Of course, if you work with me, although I don't teach at the moment, but when I taught, of course, if you work with me, we work on an American accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, logically. It's your specialty, right? <laughs> yeah. But what I came to realize that a lot of people don't even hear and don't even know the difference between a British accent or an American accent or an Australian accent. So mm -hmm. they don't even know this. So maybe they don't even need this. It, it all depends on your priorities and goals. Totally. Kind of like what we were saying before, it's coming back to what is your purpose for learning the language and everything. And that might guide you for, I need an accent, which I think is for most people, it's probably not so much the case. It's not so important. Uh, and it might be something else. And so you'll say like, okay, I don't, I don't need the accent for the purpose that I have. Or you might say, okay, if I, I really want to go live in the United States and work in an American company or something like that, or yeah. kind of like your goal, the, the cultural attraction of it and everything. And then that's great. And you can go for it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I have something like, I really enjoy working on my pronunciation and my speaking skills, my abilities. And I uh, really like to try different accents and Australian one. I, I really enjoy enjoy this. So this is, this is like my cup of tea, you can say right up my alley, yeah. you know, I really enjoy this. So maybe this is the case for me. Like I have this, this passion for just, just learning all these sounds and, and sounding a particular way. This is so interesting to me. So I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something really important for people too, is I think some people, they want to have an American accent or a native accent, whatever, because they think that that's what they're supposed to be, uh, that they think that's kind of like, that means that they're fluent or that means that they've, they've reached success. You know, it's like, I can now speak English because I have an American accent, but that's kind of like something I think that has been driven a lot by, by marketing of schools and stuff. And, uh, maybe it's, it's not so true for, for most people. So it's kind of good to, to understand that and everything and to recognize like someone like you that has gotten to this level and stuff, how much hard work you put in there and how much focus and you've done that because you're passionate about it. So you don't, like you said, you're naturally attracted to doing pronunciation exercises and stuff, but some people might find that really boring and stuff. And if that's the case, then it might not be the right goal for you, right? Yeah, right. That's totally true. Like a lot of people who have come to me to have lessons with me and I explain right away, like what we do, because a lot of people expect like work on grammar, vocabulary, and all that stuff. And I say, no, we're working on our pronunciation and American accents. So this is what we do. And we speak a lot. We practice a lot. We do all these exercises. And as it turns out, uh, sometimes it's too much for people. They are not ready to put in the work. Um, it is hard, especially in the beginning. It is super hard. Like your mouth 
is not listening to you. You know, you you cannot coordinate your brain and your mouth and your tongue. Nothing's mm-hmm. working and you're getting frustrated. And some people just quit and we just part ways. And this is okay. Like I always say, it's okay. If you feel like you, um, you're not enjoying this, uh, this is something that you don't actually necessarily want to do, like work on your pronunciation to that extent. So we can just stop. We can work on some basic things, uh, but what I, how I like to work, I like to push people, like really push. Like if you're working with me and we have an hour, you're going to be speaking for that hour, for the whole hour. And like, (laughs) of course, of course, if you're tired and if you want to take a break, we can take a break, talk about something, you know, have tea and laugh. But for the most part, I want a person to work because I want them to get the results that they came for. You're like, get ready to suffer. Your mouth is going to be sore by the end of this lesson. <laughs> yeah. And some people are really excited about that. They're like, yeah, I'm ready to work. Let's do this. <laughs> so that's cool. That's, that's, that's such a pleasure to work with such people. Yeah. yeah. I think definitely the people who they're in touch with that, that motivation and stuff, it makes you a much better student for sure. So yeah, that's an important place to start. One thing that I was kind of curious about is you've talked a little bit about, you know, your process and everything. Something I was curious about is how has that changed from, I've heard you talk about in the past that I think you kind of took up more serious learning when when your son was born and everything to kind of be able to give him a good role model of success in some sense. But I'm curious from that point where you probably were at more of a intermediate level or something like that, you can clarify that, to yeah. today where obviously your, your English is very advanced, but you even said you're still working on it every day. Right. How has your process changed from then to now? Uh, it's changed a lot. Um, so <laughs> when I just started, I remember I had five notebooks and I wrote down every word, every idiom, grammar rule that I didn't know or didn't understand. And I wanted to remember and it didn't work at all. Like <laughs> I am not that kind of a learner, but I just, you know, like I came from that education system. So right. I thought that this is the way of doing things. And that didn't work for me. I even have a video where I say that I have that many notebooks that I, that I write down things, but that changed because I noticed that I just waste my time and I don't remember anything. So when I open up that notebook, I just don't remember anything. Um, so for me, what I started doing and what I do till this day is just, I listen a lot as much as possible, everything, podcasts, um, audio books. Uh, I watch YouTube videos. I used to check, I kid you not, this is the truth. Every single word that I didn't know, didn't understand in the context or whatever. So I would spend all this time like pausing the video and checking that word, looking it up. I think that um, it might have been for like 10 checks for one word, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, so I... I wouldn't remember it right away, wouldn't memorize it right away. So I had to go back. So I would hear this word again. I would have to go back to it again, hear it again, and then check it again. And then suddenly, yep, boom, I can remember it and I can use it actually. And I now I don't have the need to look it up. So um, that's what I would do. And I think that I'm some kind of an auditory learner. So I, it's really important for me to hear 
to hear and to listen as much as possible. And one more thing that was and is super helpful for me is writing. Not just writing down stuff, but writing down my own thoughts or scripting my videos or scripting whatever. So writing is super helpful. It gives you the time to think, um, think about your words, vocabulary, grammar. Nobody's pushing you. Nobody's checking that. So you can just spend this time researching. So I want to put the sentence in this way and I want to use like some special words. So I'm going to Google that. This, this works for me the best. And this is how I learn right now with my son, because of course, I don't know every single word. I I can't explain everything. And he Mm. asks like a million questions a day because he's a toddler. (laughs) He's three and a half. And, you know, like making him a bilingual is a blessing and a curse because he's so talkative. He's like a chatterbox, (laughs) never stops talking and never stops asking questions. So what I usually would do is I would uh, Google things, Google stuff. So I would uh, search for words, search for explanations, of course, in English and not just, so if I know a word in Ukrainian and I don't know what it's called in English, I won't translate that word because we all know that direct translation doesn't always work and sometimes it doesn't make any sense. So I would like Google suggestive questions. So like to find uh, some articles where this word might have been used and what word is used exactly. So maybe not that word that I was thinking about, maybe some different word. And then Yuglish. Of course, I use Yuglish to hear how this word is pronounced. And then I watch videos. So this, I know it seems like a lot and crazy, like this whole process, <laughs> but yeah, but it's get, it, it get, gets easier. You get used yeah. to it. So now it's not hard for me at all. Of course, at the beginning, it was hard. I was like, whoa, that's like too much Google stuff all the time. But now it's not. But I think too, I mean, something to recognize is, so you said your son's three and a half years. So you've been like really focusing seriously for around three and a half, four years, right? Mm-hmm. Three years, let's say three, three years. years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's something to recognize is you've gotten to your level in three years, which maybe not everyone needs to go that fast. So what you're saying is very intensive, but people could potentially, I mean, it's good to do all these different things, but maybe you don't need to do it all at once. You can stretch it out more. If you're, depending how much time you have to dedicate and everything right, you can do it a little bit lighter and maybe it'll take you six years. Maybe it'll take you 10 years, which is okay. Cause it's like you've been saying, and I mean, the name of your channel, you know, is like English fluency really is a journey. It's not a destination, right? I think it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong so journey. So yeah. I'm going to be learning for as long as I live. That's for sure. <laughs> you don't have to be that obsessive as I am. You don't have to go overboard with your learning process, of course. Um, It doesn't have to be that intensive. As I said, I get a little bit obsessive over these things. Like (laughs) when I want something that badly, I would do anything to get that. Um, And of course, um, one of the things, my son has served very strong incentive for me to learn and to improve because my goal was to immerse him in the language and to make English his native language. So that was the goal. And of course, I am his main source of this language and I had to do my best. So you don't have to do all of this if your goal and your goal doesn't have to be like that. So even if you have just 15 minutes a day to work on your English, that's great. That's going to give you a result. But if, you know, like it has to be some good concentrated work and find what works for you. 
the best, I would say. Because as I said, uh, having five notebooks written up and down didn't help me at all. That was a waste of time for me. So find something that works for you. So you can, you can, you can listen to me. You can listen to a lot of people and you can uh, make your own decisions, choices. You know yourself best and you know what works for, or try things, at least try something because a lot of the times like people don't even want to try. What I hear Mm -hmm. is like, that's not going to work for me. I don't think so. Well, you haven't even tried. Maybe, maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you'll like it. Like, I wouldn't ever thought that I would enjoy writing. This is something that I've never done in my life. But when I started writing in English, that was something that I really started enjoying. The same with reading. I've never enjoyed reading in Ukrainian and Russian. Never. But in English, I don't know. This is There's something magical about this language, I guess. <laughs> Maybe it's a past life or something. Maybe you were American yeah. in a past life. And so it's like a connection. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that's really important what you're saying. Curiosity, trying new things, that's super important. And, and knowing yourself, knowing how you learn. You were saying like you're a auditory learner or whatever that's right. called, is that you, you, you learn really well by hearing things. So like knowing this, knowing do you learn well by reading, by like listening, by uh, I think it's called like kinesthetic is when I know that's like something for me is when I learn a word in a particular place, it tends to stick with me better. So like I can remember that word and I can remember like where I learned it. So I think starting to get to know yourself and having that curiosity, that's going to be so powerful. So I wanted to pivot a little bit because you were talking about your son and this is something that I'm super curious about because I have had so many many students who they don't live in an English-speaking country, but they want to help their children to give them that, that same advantage to be bilingual and everything, but they just find it so challenging. I think it's really natural for us with children to want to speak our, our mother tongue, like the same, the same language that our mother spoke with us. So they tend to always revert back to you know, the, their, their native language, to their mother tongue. So do you have any advice? Because I'm, I'm sure you probably have gone through the same awkwardness and stuff of, of switching to English and, and really immersing your son in English. So uh, what advice would you give to any parents that are listening that want to help their kids as well to become bilingual in English? Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. I I just posted a video about this <laughs> on my second channel. We can link this in the show notes for sure. Then we'll find <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> I get this question a lot. Um, and definitely I had my own struggles But the sooner you start, the easier it is because your child, when they are like, I started when my son was like eight months old, so he didn't really speak. And that was a lot easier because I could just speak at my own pace and say whatever I thought I needed to say. I didn't have a problem with expressing my feelings and being affectionate to my son, actually, it was a lot easier for me to say, I love you in English and being affectionate than in Ukrainian. And I don't know mm. why, maybe this is... That's interesting. Yeah, it, ha- it has to do something like with my childhood or whatever. Um, but it was a lot easier in English. I had struggles. I should say I have struggles right now when... Um, I have to explain something to him fast when he has a tantrum, for example. So that's a struggle. Like you need to find those words or you need to like, yeah. yeah. You're in an emotional state and stuff too. Right, emotional state, a connection Mm -hmm. with him. But it's, it's so super beneficial. It like helps you a lot with your learning journey, uh, with your English, because your child is your biggest motivation, of course. Um, 
you're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn with your baby. Both of you are going to learn. And that's going to be super awesome. I love this when we learn together. I learn, as I say, literally every day, like even by watching cartoons with him, I learn something new. Now he teaches me stuff because he is so super attentive. Like we immerse ourselves in the language as much as possible. So of course, everything we watch or listen to is in English. And he just like, like little sponge, he just soaks up all the information and then he just starts speaking and you're like, whoa, that's amazing. Like, you know this word or you know how to say this. I I didn't teach you that. Like, that's amazing. So your kids are going to amaze you. You're going to give them this amazing gift of being bilingual. This right. is such a huge advantage, like in today's world. It's again, it sounds like coming back to kind of that purpose. I mean, if you're reconnecting to that all the time, it probably will make it easier to not like backslide into speaking your native language, right? If you always keep that present that I'm doing this because I want my yeah. child for, for him or her to have those advantages of being bilingual. Yeah, it is difficult. I won't lie. It is difficult because sometimes you just don't know how to say something. You just don't know. But again, I am a little bit obsessive, so I would take my time to do my research. So I would Google stuff. I would watch videos. I would watch videos about child psychology, child's education, like particularly in the U.S., of other parents, native speakers, speaking to their kids and just listening to them and what they say and how they say. And you can find those parents on Instagram very easy to do. They post stories all the time, right? And you can hear how they speak to their kids, psychologists. So they explain in particular how to talk to your child properly. So all that stuff, you know, like, of course, you're going to have to do the work. Do you have any particular like people you follow on YouTube or Instagram that you might recommend to people? I I don't follow, uh, like, I'm not subscribed to those people, but I watch a lot of videos on YouTube. Yeah, I do have some people and I follow a lot of people on Instagram. So you can just check out my page and, and see who I follow. <laughs> who you're following. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll link your page, your Instagram page in the show notes as well, I guess, so people can kind of <laughs> go and stalk you yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, not easy, but if you want it, it's definitely worth it. Worth a try at least. If you don't feel like if you really don't feel comfortable talking to your child in English, and I totally understand this, if you feel like your native language can express your thoughts and feelings a lot better, it's okay. You can combine so you can just you can just talk to your child, you can explain this to your child, or you can find something that they like and enjoy and even maybe in the form of a game teach their them English. Like this is it doesn't have to be something difficult. It 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 just has to be some something simple. Start with let's let's get dressed, let's go outside, let's go for a walk, uh, let's go to the playground, go down the slide if you want to. Like all these little things, little phrases, just like little by little, just put this puzzle together. And again, be patient because it takes time. It's not going to happen just like that. Right, and you're kind of just getting used to it being. A normal thing, right? That you might sometimes speak English. Yeah. So even if it's not all the time, at least they're getting accustomed to, you know, this yeah. is a normal thing that we have this other language and stuff and that they're not screwing up their face and looking at you weird every, anytime that <laughs> you speak this other language. Right, right, right. Also, what I found very useful for me that when, you know, like your child is having a tantrum and this happens like a thousand times a day. And usually what we do, we tend to snap 
Um, especially if we're speaking our native language, we can say a lot of stuff that we didn't mean. So if you are choosing to speak in English, it's going to stop you. Like you're, you're not going to be able to say everything you want when you're angry in English because you just don't have that vocabulary. And that's going to be a good thing because I'm not a, like, a bad person, but um, I tend to like be very easily aroused. So my emotions like can go from zero to a hundred very easily. I don't yell, but I get just like, oh, I would give you a piece of my mind just right now. Like, <laughs> and right now I can. So right now I can do this, but it's still, it stops me. So it's a very good, like in terms of, um, uh, just uh, upbringing your kids, you know, like, and proper behavior with your kids. Because also I watch, as I said, I watch those videos of psychologists about how to raise your kid in general. And those videos and those psychologists are native speakers and videos are in English. And I'm very curious about all this stuff because, you know, you're a mom, you're a human, you get emotional, you you might might be tired, you you might not be in a in the mood, you know, to to put up with your child's like tantrums and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I guess if you have to speak to them in English and you don't have the word there, maybe it even like creates a buffer between, you know, the right, stimulus and the reaction. <laughs> you take a little pause there. Yeah. Like you're mm, okay. And you're kind of rethinking your reaction. Which if you have just your native language, maybe you wouldn't do that, right? Yeah, right. Because in our native language, we have like all these phrases already ready to come out of True. our mouths, you know? So we we just don't think even. So we say and then we think. And then we're like, mm-hmm. ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Have said especially that, yeah. to my child. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I, I've never really thought about that. It's like when you're speaking a second language, especially like when you're having a discussion, an argument or something like that, it's like it it you have to think a little bit more, right? So it almost right. allows you to be a little bit more careful with how you're choosing your words than when it's your first language. Things might come out, yeah. like you said, that you regret saying right. that. Afterwards. And I really appreciate that. I enjoy this actually, that I have this, like that I take this pause to think like, um, okay, let's stop here. Maybe I'm overreacting. So maybe I'm wrong here. So <laughs> that's, that's really great. I love that. So just kind of in, in wrapping up before we play a game, uh, I wanted to ask if there were a short message, like say like a tweet or like SMS link that you could get out to every English learner out there, what would it be? I'd say don't waste your time. Just start. If you're thinking about learning English or leveling up your English or whatever, just start. I know you're afraid. I know you're being self-conscious and shy. I know. But just do it scared because there's there's even a book, Do It, do it Scared. Do It Scared. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, take action. This is an antidote for fear. You have to take action. So yeah, just just go for it. Just do and don't mind other people's opinion. This is so important. Don't try to be perfect. Um, enjoy the process. This is really important as well. Enjoy the process. If you're not enjoying this, if it feels like too hard, too much of of work and um like you're you're going crazy over this you're not you're not going to get that result actually that you want to get because it's it's not going to feel right for you so learn to enjoy the process learn to enjoy your learning journey so every single day little by little like whatever you do you have to enjoy it if you're stuck just switch things up 
I hear it a lot. Like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I've tried all these things and I am just, you know, I just hit a plateau. So that's it. Switch things up, change your routine, try something new, and this will definitely help. Yeah. That's really great advice. I think that's a problem that so many learners have is they they get this feeling of like they're not progressing anymore. If something was working before, it stopped working. And I think that's really great advice to switch things up, to try something new. I think even your your own journey, you were saying that in the beginning, you were trying all these things that you thought you were supposed to do. And it was like, it was really arduous. It was, it was just like, you didn't want to do it and stuff. And so like by switching it up and finding something that worked better for you, then you were able to start making a lot more process, having more fun with it. So I think that's something too, to come back to if, you, if you're not having fun, if you're not enjoying at least like some moments of it and stuff, like maybe you need to try something different, right? Right, right. So if you find your way, if you find what works for you, the best. It doesn't have to take like even an hour a day of learning English. It might be just 15 minutes, but it'll be, it'll be very, um, very productive. That's fantastic. So that said, we can jump into our game. So I'm going to get Andrea on here. Hi. (laughs) Hi. How are you guys? Okay. Great. Doing great. Nice to meet you, Anna. Nice to meet you too. All right. So we're going to play a game called the five second rule. So basically what each of us have to do is that Andrea is going to give us a category. And for each of those categories, we have to name three things that have to do with it in five seconds. I think I'm going to suck. It should be fun. Uh, it's It's just a bit of fun and I'm sure you'll do great. There is a timer, so you will have, you you will see a timer on the screen as well. And maybe just because we're proposing the game, maybe Ethan can start so you can kind of see how it works in action. There you go. Okay. I don't know how good I'm going to be at this either, so. (laughs) Okay, so are we ready? Yeah. Ready. Great. So I will read out kind of like the question and start the timer as soon as I finish. So you have to be quick. So Ethan, name three things you must do every day. Uh, Walk my dog, uh, have a good breakfast and do exercise. Oh, good. Just in time. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's hard as well online. There's a little bit of a delay. There's a lag, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm so slow. Okay. Anna, are you ready? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Name three of your favorite English words. Love, affection, sun. Nice. Very quick. Very fast, yeah. Okay, Ethan, name three best things about your job. Uh, Talking to interesting people, getting to work with an incredible team from around the world, and having some freedom. Oh, almost. (laughs) Almost. Wow. Went a little bit over there. Okay, so Anna, can you name three things that make you laugh? My husband, uh, movies, and my son. Nice. Very quick. You're, very, you're really good at this game. <laughs> you are really good at it. What, what was the second one? Movies, like some movies uh, that movies. are funny. Okay. I should have yeah, said. No, I think there was a cut in the connection. And so I heard like bees, like bees make you laugh, which I thought that's a really interesting. I'm afraid interesting... of bees, so no. <laughs> there you go. Could be three things that make you scream, right? <laughs> okay, Ethan, are you ready? I'm ready. Name three habits you wish to acquire. Ooh, playing guitar. Uh, being a great singer and being a better cook. Oh, nice. I think you're a pretty good cook. Yeah. I, there's probably a better a better habit than that that I could have said, but... <laughs> it's hard when you have just five seconds. It's hard under yeah. the pressure. Okay, Anna, name three things you wish you could tell your 15-year-old self. Be more bold, experiment, and go for it. Nice. I should have said be bolder. I made a mistake. <laughs> I guess it depends if you were... If you were not bold at all and you're just saying be bold or if you're saying that you're a little bit bold and you're saying you need to be more bold, right? 
not necessarily a mistake. Right. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much, Andrea. You're welcome. Thank you. It was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. You guys were great at it. Well done. <laughs> okay. Enjoy the rest of your chat. See you later. Thank you. Talk Bye. You so, Anna, just to finish up, do you have any asks for our audience? Um, well, as I said before, do the work, be patient, learning, English, acquiring an accent, all of this takes time. And don't mind other people one more time. You know, like, um, don't let them stop you on your way because usually this is what happens. So just do what you feel is best for you. Live your life, enjoy your life, enjoy the process, and you'll be good. It's no one's journey but your own. So I absolutely love that advice. Anna, it's been like a fantastic conversation. I've loved getting to know you, getting to know your story a little bit better. And thank you so much for all of your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> for a final thing, where can people find you? Like you, you mentioned you have two channels and where else is a good place for them to connect with you, reach out to you? Right. You can find me on YouTube. So our first channel is English Fluency Journey. And our second channel is The Story We Ride. This is our vlog channel. But of course, we give like a lot of advice uh, on how to raise a bilingual child there. So you can check out that channel as well. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at Hannah Huma. So, and that's basically it. You can also join uh, our group on Facebook. Uh, but I should say that I'm not like fully present there, but we post a lot of information there. So That's great. And we'll also link all of that on the show notes at reallifeglobal.com. So Anna, thanks so much. And I hope that we can do this again soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that was such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview. You can find all the mentioned links and resources from this show on the show notes at reallifeglobal.com. It is also linked in the description of this episode. If English fluency is important to you, then remember to check out our Real Life app, where you can practice listening to native speech and speak with other learners from around the world while also discovering new cultures. You will find that linked in the description, or just search for Real Life English in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For now, remember that no matter what divides us, that which unites us is far greater. See you on the next show.